I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, an Optum Muslim shake. And I'm Av Sinensky, and I went home to take a shit. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> you have a live studio audience. That's this is devastating. I have to go. Who's here? Welcome back to Pretty, 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 Pretty Good at Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss season five, episode two, The Bowtie, which originally aired on October 2nd, 2005. And uh, uh, inside note that uh, many people don't realize, but uh, Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm is really a spinoff from Larry David's first show, Seinfeld. Uh, again, very few Curb uh, listeners know that. And we were just recording a Seinfeld podcast for 32 fans with Ali Lasher and Jared Jerome. And I sent Av the link to the same Zoom and Av joined us. Joined us. And so we have Jared and Ali as live listeners for at least the first few minutes of the podcast. So Ali, Jared, welcome to <laughs> Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. Are you ready to discuss the bow tie? Yeah, and your listenership, your listenership just went up tenfold with the introduction of Ali. So there you yeah. go. My well, name gonna... is Ali Lasher and I recently bought Cassie David's book. If you want to discuss it, I've read one essay from it. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we should. <laughs> this is like when uh, when Banya wants to come on after Jerry just to get all his yeah. laughs. He's a time slot hit. Yeah, I'm that's what I did. Yeah. That's what I did. I swooped in. Uh, all right. Um, I'm, I... <laughs> yeah. All right. We're out. The Seinfeld yeah, we're gonna go. out. This okay. was a hilarious crossover, though. Okay. Very nice having you. You're both welcome back whenever or whatever. Well, that, oh, that, that was, was discussed, discussed on our podcast. Yeah. Oh, that was discussed. I oh, see. I see. Uh, I intuited that. Yeah, from, uh, uh, Allie, reference. you should know Allie well enough to know Allie. He's sliding into her DMs as you want to do. Allie is very uh, sensitive to she has to be invited to a podcast. Otherwise, her feelings will be hurt. No, so, that's okay. completely untrue. I will just never invite myself well, on a we podcast. We never even had the the temerity to assume that we could invite someone like the great Ali Lasher on. Oh, on yeah, Lasher, yeah, like, yeah. Pretty, the pretty, the pretty many good. times oh, maybe, I declined yeah. all the bullshit on 32 fans. <laughs> also, I, I didn't see you slid into my DMs. I was talking about how uh, you asked defensive. me a technical. <laughs> I don't know what gave you the false impression that I would be able to help you with a technical podcast question. But because then you I used immediately. To you used to share those. Those never. little clips. Never, yeah, but I did. immediately poached you, and now I love doing it. So thank okay. you very much for that. Well, I recalled seeing you like on one of the very early. This is a Mandela of, effect situation of I think. a new girl. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> I'm confusing with somebody else. Oh, All you right, know well. what? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're, you are correct. I am oh, incorrect, but I used to screen effect. record. There a very go. unofficial. Oh, okay. Anyway. Right. So I saw you doing it. So I was like, hey, how do you do that? You're like, I have no idea. And then I found it and then told it to you. And well, the second he posted it, I was in there in two <laughs> seconds being like, okay, now you have to tell me how to do it. Yeah, it was very easy. It was everywhere. All right. Well, good times, guys. Great chat. Good to well, see you all on Zoom. I'm going to rewatch some Curb and I'll be... Uh... I'll be back to ruin a future episode. Yeah, yeah. and Joe yeah. Rogan, Joe Rogan, you're also welcome and invited to join. <laughs> I'll tell him when I get off. That's right. All right, guys. So yeah, so yeah. Let us know both of you when you're coming back. All right. So uh, let's jump right into uh, the bow tie. Sure. So we see uh, Larry and he's sitting in an office and he's uh, telling the story. Um, and we see he's uh, in front of another man played by McKee Pfeiffer. And we will learn this guy's name is Omar. 
and he's uh, a private eye. And Larry's telling him the whole story with, you know, my dad and he was dying and he's told me I was adopted. First, he said a doctor, but that wouldn't make any sense since I know I'm not, I know I'm not a doctor. Um, so I think it's adopted. So like, can you help me find out like, what's the deal? And Omar is like, well, I don't really understand what was going on here, but he's like, well, I really service the community and I need to understand how you're going to help. It's like, he's like, wants Larry to like pay him off. Like he's going to like, it almost sounds like, yeah. Mackay Pfeiffer's role in this episode really doesn't make a lot of sense. I hate to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they got, Um, they were excited. They got him uh, to be a guest on the show. And then they're like, all right, you're going to play this Muslim PI. And then that was funny. And then that was sort of where they ran out of steam. Yeah, it doesn't really right. It's like there's no way that he's like, oh, he's the best PI in LA. No, like if he's gonna be like a pain in the ass about taking your case, yeah. just like go hire a different PI that would like wants your business. Yeah. Also, uh, I feel like a PI is supposed to be very like a subtle, unassuming character, not someone sort of as striking <laughs> right. as Mackay Pfeiffer with the bow tie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it sounds like he's like shaking Larry down now. He's like, oh, well, you feel like sponsor like a rec center well, for the yes, neighborhood. But not for his own personal benefit for the community. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, he's like, I don't see how you're going to help Larry. He's like, well, I could call bingo sometimes, <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, he's like, no, that, that's no good. Uh, well, I have a lot of extra, a lot of extra sneakers. Maybe I could donate like, like, being, like, why is he being so cheap? Like, if you're going to do it, be like, all right, I'll, I'll make a thousand dollar donation. Like, why a thousand. Donate- you're, yeah. <laughs> But like he's he's offering nothing. Like yeah. he's like, oh, I can be a big brother, sneakers. but just for one day. <laughs> right, for one day, like maybe like a lunch. <laughs> um he's like, all right, I'll you know, I'll think about it. Um, you know, keep I guess, you know, we're both supposed to think about uh, what we took from this meeting. Yeah. And obviously Larry has no other options. Yeah. Uh Larry asks if he can borrow the uh, men's room key. He uh, and he, you know, compliments him on the bow tie as he exits. I gotta um, say Mackay Pfeiffer seems like such a classy, successful guy. I'm kind of surprised he's in an office where you got to like borrow a key to use the bathroom. Um, they have those in more places than you'd think. Like I've worked in offices that had that. Yeah, I guess. Like, I guess. Yeah, because you're small. Yeah, so you're. I guess yeah. a, a, P, a PI's single office is not going to have its own bathroom. Yeah, so he shares with. Them. Okay. Yeah, like right. my fir- my firm has like a New York City office, mm-hmm. and in the New York City office, like it's that situation. It's more just like for hosting meetings or whatever. Yeah, like we have like one room, and it's yeah. like it's like a, a WeWork situation. Um, yeah. So like, whatever. Like we don't. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very shared space. Um, the people are going in and out. Whatever. Um, anyway, so um, Larry heads into pee, and he's whistling while he pees, and he's uh, he comes out of the handicap stall, and we see that there's a man in a wheelchair seeing sees him come out, and he's like, "Dude, what the hell? Like you can't use that." And he's like, "Well, the others were taken." And, you know, like, I had no choice. And he's like, no, you have to wait. You wait. You wait. Um, which is, I guess, you know, you wait. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't wait. Yeah. I mean, if you walk into, like, a very small, totally empty bathroom and no one's there at all, it's not like there's – it's not like an airport where people are coming and going. You have right. no reason to think, you know, that anyone's coming in the next 30 seconds. I don't think what Larry did is so bad. But also there was no need – oh, there was something the other one he said. Yeah, no, the other rooms were open. Yeah, no, I mean, it happens. Also, if you know, if you're going, I'll say another thing. If you're going in there and you don't know when you're coming out, if you have like a real stomach issue, I would say maybe you wait. Different story. Yeah, but if you know, if you have a a real stomach issue, you have no choice. Like, yeah. I mean, you have a choice, but it's a very bad choice. I I feel like the main time that I've used the the handicap stall, and although, you know, that is a term we don't really use anymore, we say disabled. I think when it comes to bathroom stalls, that is still the term that people generally use now. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe canceled here. 
Maybe yeah. that's why Ali wanted to get off before we got to this. Um, <laughs> she, she saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. I feel like the main time I've used it in my life is when I'm going to the bathroom for the purpose of, like, I need, I'm in some public place and I need to change outfits. And so, I, you know, I, there's not going to be enough space in, like, a regular stall to, you know, take right. off my clothes and hang them on the hook. So that's the circumstance in life where I've gone in there. But I sort of know going in, all right, I'm going to be in here for three minutes. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you shouldn't do it. Sometimes people do things they shouldn't do. Yeah. Because, okay. um, yeah. yeah, no, we all do it. Um, or not, and we're the only two assholes, and everyone's like, oh, we can't listen nah, to this podcast. Like of, uh, I think it, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, you, you feel it out. There are situations where it's okay. Yeah. Um, off, you're driving, yeah. not on a busy street. You're driving in like, in like, a, in like a sub, like in a, in a quiet suburb, three in the morning, not a car anywhere in sight, and you're a red light. Are you waiting all the way until the light turns green? Um, I would wait like a reasonable amount of time but if it like turns out to be one of those like four minute lights that you sometimes get on like those like middle of nowhere roads then i would probably go although i would be prepared to like like in those places i feel like if you're from like new york and you're like running red lights they give you a hard time no like oh you like well i'm talking about my own neighborhood i'm not talking about like you know oh in my own neighborhood no i wouldn't do it in my own neighborhood when because there can be quick lights yeah, but when I have gone to like when I have gone to Shoprite, which is twenty four seven in my neighborhood, which is a wonderful thing, uh, like during COVID, I basically I only go there like smack dab in the middle of the night because there's no one there and you don't have to be near anybody and it's safe. And I go there and there's a light. There's actually two, three lights total that I have to, even though it's like a, two blocks, but there's three lights for some absurd reason. Um, and I, I sometimes, depending on how I feel, I'll sometimes treat the light almost like a stop sign. Like, cause I know these are like dead streets. There's not a chance another car's coming by. So I'll stop and I'll wait. And after five seconds, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. Um, I do that sometimes. So I'm a crime. I'm a criminal. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why I'm not coming out with all my crimes on the podcast. Lock him up. Yeah. Lock him up. <laughs> yeah. No, I Trump pardoned you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So the guy's like, what the fuck? Larry? You know, he doesn't know Larry, but he's like, you gotta wait. Yeah. Um, Larry's like, oh, also, of course, you know, yeah. if if like you were there, I would, of course, I let you go. But, you know, it took my chances. Mm. Um, he also, as you point out, he says, you know, your use of the term handicapped person is not nice. We say, you know, we say disabled now. Uh, Larry's like, <laughs> I don't like disabled. <laughs> I would prefer handicapped. Yeah. I think that sounds better. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, yeah, Larry's very not woke. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's the theme of this episode in every direction. Yeah, um, Larry insists on calling them Latin Latinx. Yeah, <laughs> even though even if it's not uh, yeah. politically popular, as opposed yeah. to politically correct. Yeah, you have to be both politically correct and politically popular. I think that's the sometimes it's hard. That's the problem. It's sometimes it's hard. You got to thread that needle. You know what? Just never talk to those people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's the woke solution. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, he's like he's still just yelling at Larry, and like Larry's like, "Fine, I promise, I'm never gonna do it again." So uh, Larry's walking off with Jeff in the parking lot. Um, he's like, "You know, I think Omar is a Muslim because if, you know, if you're a black man and you're wearing a bow tie, you're definitely a Muslim." Yeah. Um, and just then they see there's a guy parked in the handicapped spot, and they're like, "What the hell? You're like, you're fine," but turns out he has a stutter. Uh, but Larry doesn't think should count because, like, you could walk and, like, what is a stunner? After I don't think only there? Larry thinks. I think that's a pretty. Uh... Yeah, no, that's a reasonable position. Yeah. Um, although maybe I'm wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong if there is a reason why someone with a stutter needs to be close or whatever. Fine. I assume that's the joke is that uh, there's no good reason, but we don't want to be uh, offensive to stuttering people. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to assume that you cannot get a disabled label 
on your first daughter. Yeah, for, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I would be surprised if that's no the case. And if it's the case, then yeah, it's probably no matter, warranted. No matter, no matter how severe it is, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Um, and the guy shows him. Yeah, well, I have the plate to prove it, and you're a prick. Uh, true, but not correct. for that reason. Yeah, right. Yes, although in the reality of the show, true, and for this reason, yes, <laughs> he does indeed have the plate. Yeah. Um, although maybe he got the plate fraudulently. Yeah. Because um, they felt bad for him because he has a stunner. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they head into a restaurant and Larry tells Jeff, by the way, we got a dog, which makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Like, like when did either of these people show like any sort of, I guess Larry was like a little bit into Oscar, but I don't know. They never seemed like, oh, these people bit. are going to uh, buy it. I mean, Ted. Well, not, yeah, not really. <laughs> and Susie um, thinks anyway. it's a little more than a little bit. Yeah, I was I was surprised by this turn. I completely I, I knew that there was a thing with the thing with the dog, but I forgot like that they actually went and got a dog. I thought maybe they were like uh dog sitting or something anyway um i was surprised by this um but yeah um and they uh see that who's here it's uh marty and his uh daughter jody um i had zero recollection whatsoever that jody funkhauser when identifying as a woman was played by maya bialik yeah i forgot that as well yeah um yeah um i'm just gonna like say the words that i think make sense based on who the characters are in the episode so like don't be mad at me all right um that cool that works right yeah wait i don't know what you're referring to but like okay. i i'm like i'm gonna call Maya and bialik she and her well that's what she is at this point right okay fine well, yeah i don't know i i don't think it's woke to, to read someone's mind just because you happen to be traveling back in time to know what you're they're yeah want fair to enough in the future yeah i i have nothing but you good should, intentions you should try that though <laughs> you should go up to people and use the pronouns that they don't use and say no i know in the future that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> see how that works out for you yeah that'll end all should be very popular <laughs> yeah people like that yeah. um anyway so um jody greets larry and she's there with marty Very and, affectionate. and yeah she loves she loves uh, larry um and she wants to know if you know or larry are you coming to the anniversary party and jeff is like yeah i'm coming and she's like yeah don't don't, don't care um uh, <laughs> but larry are you coming and he's like eh, i'm not so into it um and then like she's like oh you should really come and Jeff is like very confused. Why is she like so more like interested and nice to Larry than she is to him? And Larry says, "Well, it's because the lesbians love me. Um, I have my that friend Patty. She's also a lesbian, and word probably got out in the lesbian community that Larry David is a friend of lesbians, mm-hmm. and the community has embraced me more than any community has ever embraced me, including the Jews." Yes. <laughs> I wonder what the lesbians thought about this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. This episode does a very funny thing, which, you know, is obviously not uh, real. But uh, the idea that people in the group like all like talk to each other and yeah. like word gets around. The protocols sort of, of the really elders of lesbian, lesbos. Yeah. Although on Twitter now, it is kind of like that. Yeah. Like, except, things happen well, very fast. Everybody on Twitter thinks that they're talking to everybody, but really they're only talking to the one percent of people who are on Twitter. Yeah. But those one percent of people sometimes get to like. Yeah. Something you know. Oh, that guy! I, I saw is an incredible stat. Something it said: fifteen million more people followed Donald Trump on Twitter than voted for him. Seventy-four million more people voted for Biden than follow him. Well, yeah. Well, you don't have to follow Biden. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw. I saw not not a lot of signs around my house, but I saw one that I really liked, where it was just like it was just like a plain blue sign and said like Biden, comma obviously. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just like, yeah. yeah, like, like, okay, like, yeah, one of the one of the one of the candidates is Donald Trump. Yeah. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, the so other guy. My next door, I have a, I have a Biden sign up, and my next door neighbor said to me about a month ago, he said, you know, so and so, a mutual friend of ours from the neighborhood, who you know also, was over here, and he saw your sign, and he's like, why do you have a Biden sign? Like, you're voting for Biden. And I was so confused by the question because I was like, even if you're voting for Trump, you have to be aware of why people wouldn't, right? No, they're not. Oh, well, some of them are not. I, I guess I, I was. I said to him, I said, I said, well, tell him I'm happy to have a conversation anytime, but I'm kind of confused at the premise of the question. Like, <laughs> I didn't think that was like. Anyways, so yeah, we don't, we we don't need to. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, well, we're, you know, our community has a certain bubble that. Well, no, my community right. voted. Uh, I actually checked it. My 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 immediate precinct, like my like couple blocks, voted sixty three thirty seven for Hillary. But the other side are the louder ones. I think sometimes. Yeah, and although also my neighborhood like... has zero, literally zero Trump signs anywhere in my neighborhood. Um, there's not that many Biden signs, but there's a few. There's like five or six. There is one person who had a Trump sign in twenty sixteen. Now they have a sign that says "I support the police" underlined, which. Like, I don't think anybody's against the police, but I feel like if you're putting a sign up, you're making an application. So anyway, why we're talking yeah. about my neighbors, I'm not sure. Yeah. One, one thing I did notice, though, is all the Trump signs around me, they went down really fast. Oh, were there Trump signs around you? Oh, all over. Lots oh, of really? Trumps in my neighborhood. Yeah. Like, I, I've, there's like a lot of cops in my neighborhood, Italians and Orthodox Jews. Oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, a lot of Trump uh, I signs, support but, the police. Let your neighbors know. But they uh, but yeah, the support the police signs stayed up, which, yeah, you know, the police are OK. Uh, again, yeah, with no context. I have no issue with that. But I feel yeah, like. Well, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a subtext. There. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, so uh, they go to the table and Larry realizes that he still has the men's room key from the uh, PI's office. Um, Aren't those unusually like a big bulky hook that would be sort of hard? Yeah, yeah they could sometimes fit in your pocket. Yeah. Um, and he uh, he makes note of the. By the way, men I'll the say this. Day. They yeah. should fit in your pocket because if it's too big to fit in your pocket, where do you think that's going when someone's in the stall? It's going right on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so probably. It's probably pretty gross. Unless maybe, sometimes there's like a hook that you could put it on. Uh, yeah, you drill a little hole in it. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, you put, you put a hook for it. And I would put text on it. This is, please do not put it on the floor. <laughs> and uh, if Larry David was designing it, he would create like a little compartment. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. um, so um, he makes note that the men at the next table, they're all wearing bow ties and they all look really great. Mm. And he says, it's a really smart look. And maybe I'm going to go get one. Yeah. Um, Larry has to, and, for the sake of, of the of the story, has to pretend to be ignorant of sort of the, the white stereotype of the bow tie, which is, I would say, even stronger than the black stereotype of a bow tie. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like, if you see a black guy sort of dressed and acting the way Mackay Pfeiffer does in this episode, okay, maybe you think Muslim. But if you see, like, an average African-American guy wearing a bow tie, I don't think, like, I had a couple of professors in law school who wore bow ties, and I thought of them as, like, sort of, you know, jolly nerdy types. I never thought of them as, like, Nation of Islam. But I feel like you see a white guy in a bow tie, you always assume conservative, unfairly. Yeah. Yeah, you think rich, conservative. Yeah. An older white guy. If you see a younger white guy, then he's just pretending. To, yeah, I guess he's right. Co- right. Black. It, it yeah. depends. Does he also have, like, a very hairy beard? <laughs> that's, that's, that could be a tell that, like, he's not necessarily, like, in a, a yeah. super conservative, stodgy guy. Yeah, he but it is, Larry always dressed as super casual. And so the idea that he would suddenly want to wear a bow tie seems a little out of character. Yeah. Um, so Larry decides he's going to get one. Um, Marty comes over 
and he tells him, Larry, come on, you're coming to the party. It's going to be great. And I'm even going to sit you next to Rosie O'Donnell. Mm. Only Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> a lot of Trump stuff in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Now let's um let's let's ask some questions here. This is what we know so far about the relationship between Larry David and Marty Funkhauser. Okay. Larry ruins Marty's dad's testimonial. Okay. Yeah. Right. Larry ruins Marty's dad's funeral. Yeah. Larry correct. gets Marty arrested. Also, specifically, he gets he ruins it by stealing his golf clubs. <laughs> yes. it's like it wasn't like he ruined it for right. something. Like he was also fucking him over. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. To the, to also ruining the funeral. Yeah. Those are the only things we know about this relationship. And he got him. He got him arrested. You said yeah, that. He got, yeah. And he got oh, arrested. Okay. Yeah. Now we will later learn that they've been such close friends with, for twenty five years that Mar- that Larry gave a toast at the Funk Man's wedding twenty five years ago. Yeah. But at this point, it's very confusing why Marty's so desperate for Larry to come to his anniversary party. Yeah, you know, it's it doesn't all add up to it. I'll, uh, I'll ask you another question. Yes, what, please. What is Marty Funkhauser's profession? I do not know. That's a good question. How does he know Rosie O'Donnell? Now, we will get to the answer on this episode. But at this point in the episode, Funkman represents to Larry that Rosie is his friend, and Larry immediately buys it. But yet, we will learn in a couple of seasons that Marty is incredibly starstruck by Jerry Seinfeld. How can you know Larry David for 25 years, be such good friends with him before, during, and after Seinfeld, and yet never have met Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, yeah, I'll continue to agree. That's, it, doesn't, it doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Maybe Marty is very forgetful. Yeah. It's, he it's seems crazy. like he can be forgetful. It's crazy how little we know. Maybe we should, uh, we should ask Josh Wigler, the, the funk expert here, but it's crazy how little we know about Marty Funkhausen. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to check in with him. Um, he has some kind of business because he goes to he goes on his business trips all the time. He goes to London for business without Nan, right? So maybe he's an importer uh, exporter. Yeah, I think I think maybe we'll um, maybe like a good future project is we could like do like a package of all like a bunch of Marty episodes with mm-hmm. Wiggler and do a deep dive and find out yeah, and do a deep dive into, into, into Marty, Marty and like like it. figure out everything we can to get into his psyche. Yeah, do like a character study. Yes. Yeah. There'll probably be a lot of uh, a lot of people be, be, be excited about that. <laughs> it's probably a very big audience for a Marty Funkhauser deep dive. But if there's anyone to do it, I think we're you know probably just as good as anyone. No worse. Yeah, no worse. Equally likely that we can do a good job as anybody else. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Um, yeah, so Larry's, you know, you know, Mar- Rosie apparently is a big draw. Um, Larry's uh, says, "Oh, by the way, Jody's looking great," and Marty's like, "Yeah, she's actually dating a guy now." Uh, turns out she's not gay anymore. Um, so I guess they are like planting the seed that like there's something a little bit more complicated going on with this person more than like she's she's gay. That like she's you know kind of going back and forth to some regards, like trying to like figure out what it is that she that she is or is looking for. Yeah. Uh, you know, Larry as a friendo lesbian, I- I'm very confused about how he could be so unaware of the inappropriateness of his celebration of Jody's new heterosexuality. And and more than that, Jeff watches the whole thing, and Jeff doesn't say anything to Larry. He's sort of looking at it with like, oh, my God. But then he doesn't – why doesn't he say anything to Larry after? Isn't that his job as Larry's, you know, manager and friend? Well, I I think this is long enough ago that this was still, like, 
not as like automatic that everyone understood like had a, it's not like but just, if you watch like, jeff in the scene jeff is like sort of horrified as it's happening he's like oh my god yeah because but like he's it's more because just like he's like putting his foot in his mouth like talking about yeah. something you should be talking about more than like that he's like not uh, being woke it's like it's just more like ah don't go there like just yeah. like just kind of just like be normal instead of like bringing highlight to it because he like like marty's probably like not necessarily I mean, it turns out that we find out that he is like pretty cool with it, but I don't think that necess- was necessarily automatic with a person of their generation in 2005. Or, but Marty and Larry would know each other well enough that Larry would know that Marty doesn't. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, there's always going to be some amount of projection, and like I can yeah. certainly see the type of person who's like, you know, if it turns out one of my kids is gay, like, okay, like I'm going to be supportive, but like I'd rather they be not. And if it turns out they go back to being not gay, I'm like, yeah, I'm like cooler with that. Like, so that, so you everyone. think Larry thinks Marty's like that? Right. I think like Marty thinks like, okay, Marty was going to go along with it and be supportive. That's what she is. That's what she is. Like, that's, yeah. her, that's his daughter. But like, he'd rather her be straight mm. is, is what Larry is thinking. Because mm. that's Perhaps. just like an easier life. That's like, he'll be more yeah. comfortable. With. So, but yeah, but not the right thing to say when you're a friend of lesbians. Oh, no, you shouldn't yeah. like call a lot of attention to the situation. Yeah. necessarily. <laughs> Especially with someone like, with, like Marty, who's very sensitive. Yeah. Like, Again, understandably, a- given every interaction he's had with Larry recently. Like this way. This is a man who later in the episode will be even more angry about the fact that you left before dessert and, ru- yeah. and ruined the toast. Well, I mean, there's so. things that are offensive in life, and then there's things that are beyond the pale. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, you don't leave before dessert. I have a fancy yeah. affair. Um, anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Marty's not amused by uh, Larry's congratulations. Um, so um, we're back home and he comes in and Cheryl says, we need to talk. And Larry's like, oh, is it over? Is this it? And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? Why would our marriage be over? Yeah. Um, I'm talking about Marty Funkhauser's party. Are we going? Which is not commensurate with Larry. We need to talk. But but hold on a second. But the end of relationship implication is only if you're in a fairly new relationship. It's much more insane to assume after ten yes. years of marriage. We oh, just, I yeah. I agree. Oh, you're just saying but it's not like she, yeah. Cheryl is like, why are you introducing this conversation about whether you're going to go to the Funkhauser's party with Larry? We need to talk. Yeah. Uh, by the like, way, if Jared obviously and, setting up a joke, yeah, but if Jared and Allie were still here, I'd point out that of course we need to talk is according to Jerry Seinfeld the four worst words in the English language, whereas George right. proposes. Uh, I don't remember. Whose bra is this? <laughs> Whose bra? Which like, Why would that be the four worst words? I, I mean, I, that'd be a, a line that maybe makes sense for a girl to say because, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. That's my bra. Why would George think that's so terrible? No, because it's you. Because you've been caught cheating. It's like your wife or a girlfriend saying, whose bra is this? Oh, okay. I like, why is somebody else's bra in our house? It oh. obviously means that you're fucking around. I mean, if a bra was found in my house that wasn't my wife's, I don't think she'd assume, oh, I was having an affair in this house with another What's the, That's the most likely explanation for why some other woman's bra is in your house. No, it's, if it's yeah. like if it's well, like a middle if it's like an our aged woman's bra. Like, yeah. who else's would it be? Why would it be in your house? Well, if you live in the city, you go to a laundromat. That seems like a pretty logical explanation. Okay. Or even, if, yeah. even if you don't go to a laundromat, a dry cleaner. You know. All right. It's it's, uh, it's probable cause that there's something wrong. So my, my, it's, my, it rec- my parents, makes you subject to further investigation. My parents were out of town, and they had uh, a cleaning lady had the key to their apartment and to, like, go clean it while my parents were out of town. And then, and then I came back into town before my parents, so I came into their house. And I found a pair of pants that were very, very obviously not my father's size left by the bed, the master bed in my parents' house. 
And so I said, whose pants are these? And, I, and it was quite clearly what had happened is the cleaning lady and a, a gentleman caller, maybe her husband, I have no idea, none of my business, I don't care, uh, had decided to spend some amount of time in my parents' house in enough time that he had at some point to remove his pants. And also that he had to have had, the, uh, it's the very pants that he was returning, right? Like he had to have had another pair of pants, right? He didn't walk out pantsless. So he was there long enough to have multiple pairs of pants there. Yes. Um, which was obviously the case. But my mother, I guess, was like cognitive dissonance, just denied that was the case. That's not why they're there. Like, okay, great. Then whose pants are these? You know, you know my, uh, my, my... <laughs> what's your what's your theory of the case? Yeah. All right, let's hear my, this. My mother absolutely rejected it as a possibility. I'm like, yeah, what's the other possibility? And she it's, the, it's it's anything other than the only yeah. thing that makes <laughs> yeah. that for which there is a theory. Even. How dare you accuse her of that? I'm like, I'm not accusing of observing a reality, but yeah, anyway. Um yeah. Anyway, um, Oh, so Cheryl's like, oh, well, were you always that, like, lit up and excited when <laughs> when your girlfriends would break up with you in yeah. the past? And she's like, she's like, was I? And she's like, yep, you really were. You, you were lit up. Um, I don't, I don't think Cheryl's being fair. I don't think he was. Um, he did have, like, a little bit of a grin. But, like, it's more because, like, he was joking. I think yeah, he was almost like, oh, I made it this long. Like, I'm surprised. Right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's kind of half. I don't think he really thought they were getting divorced. Yeah. Um, so and I don't think like, he'd be happy about it, but he he would think that Cheryl was right to do so, and so you know, he can't yeah, fault her. She's like, oh, she must know about something I did. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, certainly, I've committed uh, acts that are that would be yes. grounds for divorce yeah, if exactly. Cheryl knew about that. Yes. Um, and there was, and she will eventually divorce, divorce me yeah, because exactly. that's the only possible ending to this story. Yes. And um, in real life, of course, uh, Lori David leaves him for Al Gore, which is pretty incredible. Right. But yeah, right. here here it's only for well, I don't know, Ted Danson or Al Gore, who's more desirable? I think uh, you can make an argument either way. Um, I mean, yeah, it depends which lane. They're, they're both, you know, former vice president of the United States. They're both upgrades right. from Larry David. Not that David <laughs> and Larry David. Is so uh, although he's probably he's the richest, probably. Um, is he, he must be. Yeah, he's definitely richer than Danson. Is he? I think so. He's got he more Seinfeld be. money than Danson has. Cheers and like eight hundred yeah. other shows. Yeah, I don't think like I think Seinfeld destroys everything. But and I mean, wrong. Al Gore's like on like the board of like Apple and. All right, let's let's Google. I'll do Larry David. You do okay. Ted Danson. So Larry David, we always say is half a is half a billion is the number. Half a billion, yeah. I think yeah. I, I. For right, Al Gore, I Al Gore, I see two hundred million. I have you know, I have over three hundred million for Al Gore. Okay. So wait, what do you got for Larry? David, Larry David, I see five hundred million. So but that's but how have we been saying the same number? Like, there's not that many people who are worth. Yeah, I mean, million. these people aren't like subject to public audit. Like, yeah, it's, you know, these I have Ted Danson like, only eighty million. Yeah, I knew he would be much less. Cheers is nothing compared to Seinfeld's, and okay, he but, wasn't the creator. All right, but you'd you'd rather be married to Ted Danson with eighty million bucks than Larry David with five hundred million bucks. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yeah. No, Larry is last. But Al Gore um, with three hundred million. Yeah, honestly, it just it really just depends like which type of parties do you want to go to. Yeah, Do you want to go to the types of parties? I'd rather go to the Al Gore parties. Yeah, I think I'd I rather think, go to the dancing parties. You know, I, think I think they'll be more fun. I think they're overlapping a lot of the same parties, though. Uh, yeah, Ted, that could be. Ted Danson's literally a friend of O. Clinton in Curb and in real life. So, yeah. yeah. Probably, well, the truth is, being friends with being at the Al Gore parties will lead you to being able to like get a lot more money and like be successful and bump elbows with powerful people. Whereas yeah. Ted Danson is like, he'll be hanging out with celebrities, which will be fun. But like, 
unless you're like an actor or a yeah. singer or something that's not mm-hmm. too much for you anyway um so larry says yeah well you know i you know i have this defense mechanism so like i like to go the other way to protect myself just in case um so he changes the subject back to the party he says now i want to go because rosie's going to be there she's going to be at our table and i think i'm going to wear a bow tie just then wanda knocks they come she comes in and she explains uh, we find out that they're in a rental yeah. So, Alex, I tried to look back to last episode. Remember when they were in a house that we didn't recognize? Yeah. And I tried to figure out whether this and that were the same house, and I couldn't figure it out. So my theory was that maybe that party was at their own house because they were already in the rental. They oh. just didn't tell us so that. If I recall, episode. the real answer is that they lost the lease on the house because they took like a year and a half off between seasons, curbed it, the actual show. Yeah, I right. I think they yeah. did lose the house. I, yeah. Yes. But, but – so you're saying, saying that that party was at the, a different house that they were renting? Or, or maybe they know. weren't sure yet if that was going to be their house. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't obvious to me that it was the same house. Like I, I'm not going to rule the, out that it's the same house because oh, oh, you don't I get all the same defi- angles. It definitely wasn't the same house. I think. Yeah, I don't. it didn't seem like it was to yeah. me. Mm. Anyways. It is interesting, I, by yeah. the way, in an episode all about you know gay women who are sort of posing as straight, Wanda Sykes at this time in her life was still closeted. Um, and in the show plays a straight character. So a little uh, meta that her, she's performing here, although it wasn't meta at the time, I guess. Um, oh, except to Wanda. Was. Interesting. And that could explain why she gets sparked at. Oh, because, well, so the, but the dog, the dog hates black people and lesbians. So Wanda gets it on both ends, you're saying. Well, maybe it's maybe all the black people that we saw are, are really lesbians or, or gay as well. Mm, interesting. How does the dog, do we see the dog reacting to, oh, it chases Rosie, right? Right. It hates Rosie. Yeah. And Wanda's gay. Yeah. So maybe the dog knew. No, but the, no, but the, the black guy who remember the black guy who's working in the house. Yeah. So we don't have we have no so, reason to so think he he's gay, be, but maybe he, he must be, must be yeah. gay though. Yeah, yeah we course. just outed him. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. We, well, it's not us. It's the dog. Yeah, the dog outed you. My dog's not racist. It's um, homophobic. Right, and he's nice to um, he's nice to Omar because he's straight. Yeah. Unlike Omar from the Wire, who was ah, gay. If it was yes. Omar from the Wire, he would have barked at him. Yes. True. So, yeah, I think we cracked the episode. Hmm. Wanda did it for us. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, and like Wanda's very quick to say that she doesn't like this house. It reminds her of a hotel, which is a very nice thing to say to somebody who the house that they're currently living in. Um, it's also not really an insult necessarily. Yeah, it's a weird threat. Yeah. The thing, whole thing she says is weird. But Wanda's, um, Wanda's hatred of, of Larry trumps her love of Cheryl, even though Cheryl's her best friend. Um, well, she still comes around often enough, I guess, right? Yeah. She doesn't love hate with Larry. She'll use Larry, obviously, when she needs to to get her script read. Oh, certainly. Yeah. For sure. But Wanda's, I guess she wasn't going to the meetings yet. She didn't know that the lesbian community revered Larry. Right. (laughs) She'll find that out. Yeah. Soon enough. Because the black community does not like Larry. Yeah, most definitely not, yes. (laughs) They, they like, have, like, an existing, like, email thread already about Larry David that they just, like, the guys at the party just, like, reply to, like, oh, I think this is the guy. Yeah, well, that's why Mackay Pfeiffer immediately finds out everything that Larry does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, um, yeah, so Larry's like, oh, by the way, Wanda, I have a question for you. Um, Is it wrong to assume that any black man in a bow tie is Muslim? (laughs) And she's like, fuck off. Why are you asked? Don't like, don't ask me about black stuff. Which fair. This is a less offensive question than you've slept with many black men and white men. (laughs) Can you talk about their (laughs) penises, please? 
Right. It's it's less offensive, but it's like it's it's at like very worst, like the the better version of like the old white people in Get Out, where it's like at for the first yeah. time, like you don't think they're like really racist. They just like don't know how to like yeah. be around black people and not bring yeah. up race. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so like, don't always ask me about black stuff because like just because yeah. I'm black, like I'm not your like consultant. Um. So uh, Larry's like, he keeps going. He's like, well, have you ever seen a black man in a bow tie who wasn't Muslim? And she's like, no, yeah. What do you think? Farrakhan's like hoarding all the bow ties for the Muslim people. Like, I have no idea, Larry. Uh, so Cheryl calls in the dog who turns out his name Sheriff and he starts barking at Wanda. Cheryl's like, well, I don't know what's going on. He's always so friendly. Um, and then, like, you know, a worker comes in. You see, he's so friendly. I don't know. And then a black worker comes in. And he goes crazy. Gay worker him. off. Why do you have to <laughs> yeah, identify or, the race? Right. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm going by what the, yeah. uh, you know, the narrative yeah. would have you believe. Is happening yeah. um, Wanda says, that dog is racist, uh, which is, uh, you know, a reasonable conclusion. But, you know, yeah. Wanda also likes going there. Um, she wants to know, Larry, did you train the dog to hate black people? Um, and Larry's like, yeah, I mean, like, we have to say we agree. Like, the dog clearly doesn't like black people, but like, no, we did not train the dog to do that. Like, we don't know what's going on. Like, uh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't normally bark at white people. Um, Wanda's like, yeah, Sheriff, perfect name for a racist dog. Which is fair. Uh, did you get him at a clan meeting? And I'm not coming back (laughs) until you get rid of this clan dog. Um, yeah, to be fair, like if my friends had a dog that just like constantly barked at me, like I wouldn't want to hang out with them. Like, and I wouldn't care what the reason was for why the dog was barking in my face all the time. Yeah. I'd Although, be like, I mean, no, it's, what, what it's if, the barking what if, you, that's what if your wife had a dog that you were allergic to and that hated you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah your Jeff daughter preferred a, more than she cared about you. Yeah. Jeff puts up for a, with a lot for not a lot. Uh, Susie puts up with a lot also. Yeah. Yeah. Also for not also for not a lot. Yeah, that's a lose. Yeah, I guess they, I guess they de- I guess they deserve each other. <laughs> that could be, yeah. Yeah, neither of them is doing much better. Speaking of members yeah, of the Funkhauser family, of course, we'll later meet Bam Bam and Jeff uh, will get to know Bam Bam very well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's Catherine O'Hare, isn't it? Was that? I, I think know. so. Doesn't she play Bam Bam? We'll have to wait and see. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're at the the Funkhauser anniversary party. Larry's very proud wearing his bow tie. The waiter's trying to take his order, but he can't hear because the party's very loud. Specifically, the neighboring <laughs> table comprised of entirely black people. Yeah. <laughs> um, Larry feels like they are being uh, too loud. And he says, hey, can you like keep it down for a minute? Because I'm trying to hear the waiter. Um, which is not like completely unreasonable if it's like if you yeah, be quiet it's for like pretty one crazy minute. thing to say at a party. Well, it's like if you literally can't hear the waiter because the people next to you are screaming, like you could but be I mean, like, hey, you, can you, we have a minute? You've been to like order. clubs and bars where the music's pounding and you can still hear a waiter. You just scream at someone, like you get closer, you know, like the waiter, you know, the waiter's got to make himself heard. I guess. Well, I guess it's also like this is like a old Jewish man's anniversary party, not yeah. a club. So it's like you, I guess you're just like more expecting a different type of yeah. atmosphere. But anyway, um, kind of weird and, how Marty uh, sits all the African Americans at the same table. Yeah, and yeah. so the uh, the lead black guy says uh, he like yells it back. Larry he's like, "Hey, Tucker Carlson over here wants us to be quiet." <laughs> of course, we were so naive of what Tucker Carlson meant back then. It just meant like upscale, like conservative white guy, not like crazy fear mongering racist. But it is weird because tears. again, the, the mustache, the, the mustache, the bow tie is identified 
with a segment of the conservative movement that you would not think would have been so receptive to Trump. But here's Tucker Carlson in his bow tie turning himself into like populist Nazi number one. It is sort of weird. It's a weird move yeah. by, by Tucker, really. Yeah, it's like the boat. Like, I mean, Tucker is like now like he's like this populist, like the bow tie thing doesn't even apply to him. It's yeah, like but he, but he's, he's still like wearing the bow tie, doesn't he? Or does he not? I think so. I picture him with it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe I'm just like projecting yeah. that from my memories, but I think he still does. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, um, Larry, uh, you know, peers around the room and he sees a lot of unhappy lesbians looking back at him. Um, he goes over to, I, I, it felt like at all of these situations, there's like a lot more lesbians than I would expect. Yeah. By the way, quick update. Uh, I Google image searched uh, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. On the first several pages, not a single bow tie, except for a picture of him where he's very young in a bow tie. Well, okay. So I guess he's up it off. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, he moved on from the bow tie long ago. That one Does picture. Does he just wear like a jacket with no tie? No, he wears, he's wearing a tie in every picture, actually. Yeah. Oh, I, really? He uh, wears a long tie now. He's wearing a striped right. long tie. Yeah. Interesting. That's funny. I still just picture him in a bow tie. Yeah. I think of so that. do I. That's funny. Um. Yeah, that still happens to me a lot with like when I listen to if like I listen to a Mets game on the radio, I still picture it happening like in Shea Stadium. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Sometimes, yeah. not always. Um. Anyway, um. So he goes over to, to Sue. He's like, "What the hell's going on? Why is everyone mad at me?" And she's like, "Well, everyone heard about the, what happened with Jody and like how you reacted to the news." And he was like, no, I was just pretending to be happy, like for Marty's benefit. Like I like, which is like what I think he probably was doing. Like, I don't think that's I think Larry a bad answer. Is though. Yes, it's not a good. It's, yeah. it's not what he should have done. But I don't I think it was. Coming I don't hate from Jews. That I was point. just pretending to hate Jews because I thought hating Jews was the cool thing to do. You know, like that's basically what he's saying. Yeah, not quite to that extent. But yeah, but if, I mean, um, if you're a lesbian, that's certainly how you read it, though, I think. Well, I don't think he I don't think anyone's saying anyone hates anybody. It's just more like. Just like somebody might be, you know, okay with their kid marrying a non-Jew and be like, okay, like I have to like, you know, make this work, but also say I would really just be a lot happier if they married a Jewish person and it was just a lot easier for everybody. Yeah, I don't think one. Like, and it's not like one's, you're, it's not I, like you're you saying know, you're like anti-non-Jewish people. You're just like you'd rather your family work more easily a certain way. Yeah, I don't know. One's uh, sexual identity is uh, sort of comparable to the the faith of someone who you marry but yeah yeah i'm not saying it is yeah yeah. i think it's just more like the mindset of the person who just like would rather the path of least resistance yeah sure um anyway um she's like well you know the lesbian community used to revere you but it's not very strong word what yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we can tell you're obviously not a liberal anymore. Yeah. Uh, you're even wearing a bow tie. So yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, and the black guy calls over with him and he's like, don't even waste your time talking to that guy. He's a racist with a racist dog that attacks black people. <laughs> Word has spread lightning <laughs> speed. He's already like, I looked into this guy. I got back a report from something that just happened earlier today yeah. or yesterday. But, but, but forget about that. This guy just met Larry 10 seconds ago. As far as we know. Right. Like, it's like, it's like he went into like his app where they yeah. like have all like, <laughs> all oh, black I can, like, people. Look up. Yeah. I can like take a picture of him. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this Who guy. Who knows this white guy? Racist. And Wanda's like, oh yeah, he's got a racist right. dog. Yeah. And there's like a wiki on him. Yeah. Of it could all, be like, Wanda or it incidents. could be the African-American worker in his house. Yeah. There's two options. Yeah. Um, it could be, by the way, that this dog was known as a racist. And when Larry bought it, the, the store owner immediately said, hey, everybody, the racist dog has been purchased by Larry David. Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, no, it's not a coincidence, Larry. 
Uh, Larry's like, yeah, I agree. It's true. The dog is racist, but I didn't train him to do that. <laughs> um, he, uh, he asks the man how you even know that, you know, how do you even know about that? He's like, we all, cause we all talk Larry. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is really like, remember that, that press conference where like the black reporter was like, oh, why? Like, have you met yeah. with the congressional black <laughs> caucus? Yeah. Trump was like, well, why don't you set up the meeting? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I don't know the people on the congressional yeah. black caucus just because I'm black. Why are we blaming Trump for being racist? He just watches episode of Curb. Yeah. Very literally. Yeah. Um, has, yeah. Has Donald Trump ever seen an episode of Curb with me? I'm going to say no. Um, I say yes. Really? Yeah, I mean it was on TV. I'm sh- like he was like he was in Manhattan when it was very big, and I'm sure people were talking about it. I'm sure he saw an episode at least, if not more. Mm. He watches TV. Which episode? Yeah, but I feel like oh, that- he only watches things where there's a chance he's going to be on it. I think no. I don't think that was always true. I don't think there was enough of that content for most yeah. of his life. <laughs> like now, yes. Yes. What episode of Curb? <laughs> now he's being covered on all, every channel all the yeah. time. If this you is had to choose, ball. if you had to choose one episode of Curb that is most likely that Donald Trump has seen, which one are you picking? Um. Well, he's what well, there was a thing with the MAGA hats, right? So for sure, he saw that clip at least. Yeah. He, oh, he tr- he retweeted he, that. Clip. He tw- he tweeted or something. Yeah, he, totally he, another- he, did, he didn't understand it, right? Yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah. He's very dumb. Yeah. Did you see the poll? He he put he tweeted out a poll tonight. Trump did. Yeah. He's like an hour and a half ago. He tweeted out like poll says should Trump concede? Ninety eight point nine percent no. One point one percent yes. <laughs> and it was like Newsmax. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a poll. Of, yeah, ninety-eight point nine percent. All right, so like you're not even trying anymore. Like you yeah. didn't even like link to the poll. He's just like poll says. <laughs> well, they probably um, have to reverse engineer the poll. Probably doesn't actually exist. Yeah, it's like yeah, everyone, anyone can just say poll says. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Um, Larry goes to talk to uh, Marty. He's like, "What the hell? All the lesbians hate me now. What did you do?" He's like, "Well." Like he's like, well, you know, you know the way you reacted. He's like, well, I was just pretending for your benefit. And Marty's like, I don't need a benefit. I'm happy if Dodie's happy. And Larry's like, okay, well, then I guess I'm happy if you're happy, essentially. Um, and Larry's, but like, you know, obviously just focused on himself, really. Um, he's uh, angry. You know, I'm being snubbed by the lesbians. I'm their biggest supporter. Nobody is likes lesbians more than me, except for maybe Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Only Rosie O'Donnell like, loves support. Is a bigger supporter of lesbians than me. Um, Marty says, um, "So you know, if, if that's the case, they're in really big trouble." Uh, Larry wants to know where Rosie is. Uh, Marty's like, "Oh, he'll be. She'll be here." And Larry is really skeptical. All of a sudden, that Rosie's not. Yeah, and he gives the eye stare. I mean, uh, but Marty insists. Dude, and Larry does his. Uh, he goes the eye stare for what? Uh, what number of time are we at? Yeah, so well, the, this is the, one of the weirdest eye stares because at this point in the episode, and uh, well, you asked what number it is. This is the he gave one to the acupuncturist. He gave three to the waiter, Carlos the gardener, and Dora the housekeeper in one episode. He gave one to Norm. He gave one to Tim the doorman, and he gave one to his own father. So this is the eighth time. Eighth time, right. sixth episode. But it, it's so weird. Why is he giving it? He's suspicious as to whether or not Rosie's coming to the party. Turns out he should be suspicious. But when, and again, this goes back to who is Marty? What's his job? What's his relationship with Larry? Because when Larry mentions that Rosie's coming, Larry doesn't say, oh, really? Why? Larry's like, well, of course Rosie's coming. Like He doesn't even seem for a moment to doubt it. And now he's suspicious about it, which is a little odd. Right. And then I do like, though, how he immediately transitions from the eyes there 
to 20 seconds later in, in, in real time in the episode, he's using a pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yes, we're going to get to that coming yeah. up very soon. Um, yeah, so uh, Marty calls over uh, Dan, who is uh, Jody's new boyfriend, introduces him to Larry, which is like, why would you even do this? Just like, don't introduce Larry There's... David to people in your life. Yeah. Like, no, this nothing is not good is going to come with it. Yeah. Um, Larry's like, oh, such great news. Um, I think that, you know, the news that I heard about you and Jody is pretty, 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 pretty good. Four pretties out of five. He gives the relationship, um, you know, because, you know, though I will give it five full pretties, except, you know, the rub is, you know, she was with a woman and women know, each, you know, the body better. So, like, it's going to be hard for you to follow a woman. So for that reason, I give it four pretties out of five. Otherwise, I would go the full five pretties, except for the gay straight situation yeah and this um, is the fourth time that larry has dropped a pretty pretty good uh so far in porno gill he had four pretties in the thong he had five pretties uh when he was trying to get out of uh seeing his therapist anymore in the survivor we had about three and a half uh and now we have four in the bow tie so right, our, t- our total there. number of, of pretties is 16 and a half pretties. Yeah, I feel like we're on like a fairly steep curve. Yes, right yes. Like with a lot of, with, with, the, with the stairs and with the pretties, yeah. Yeah, it's starting to pick up steam. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, question for you that came up on the Seinfeld podcast earlier. Who yep. is the second most important person uh, in Kirby Enthusiasm? Character. Uh, Cheryl. Cheryl? Yeah. Okay. Now I use the word important. What if I say who's the second best? Second best, Leon, and it's not even close, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I said Leon, and but I guess it, it might have been a distinction between best and important. Yeah. Well, what did other people say? Well, the other person was Allie, and she thought Leon. She says nobody would say Leon. She said Jeff, but I think she was. But I think and Jeff. Jeff would be my next choice after Cheryl. Yeah, but yeah, Jeff. Jeff and Cheryl, in terms of yeah, longest like most significant role in the narrative. But they don't really do that much, honestly. Jeff. Yeah, but they're both, I think, just like very both like elucidate Larry. So you don't think basically Leon can't be can't get MVP votes because he only played half a season, half a career. He comes on too late. Um, yeah, I think. Right. It's that he's a late player. He's also like he lives with Larry. But like it's the, the Leon stuff like doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, but it's, it's just hilarious. like not it's hilarious, but it's not as interesting. So, like, it's not as important. Like, so maybe would you say Leon is Kramer? Leon is Kramer, no way. Yes, mm-hmm. he, like he. Whereas, whereas Elaine is Cheryl, Cheryl and, Jeff, and George is Jeff. Yeah, except so Jeff is way. Except Jeff is way worse than George. Right, they're not as good characters as George, but to the extent that they are core to like the, the narrative of Larry and like Larry's development and you know characterization, they're yeah. much more important than I think Leon yeah. is. Where like sure. the show kind of goes off the rails and is very funny and silly with Leon. Yeah. But like we're not really like exploring Larry in an interesting way as much yeah. as seeing him like interact with Cheryl in a home life and like, you know, getting into, you know, I guess the Jeff and Leon stuff kind of overlaps to some extent, but I guess because it's more career oriented with uh, Jeff, it seems more interesting in a lot of ways. Like, I, w- I would say that that Leon's emergence is probably not great for Jeff in terms of future storylines. Uh, yeah, because, right, most of the time, any story you come up with for Jeff, you're going to be able to do a more fun version of it with Leon because he's just more fun. And you know, he's going to get Larry into like a more exaggerated version of whatever the Jeff story is. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, so Larry gives him that whole spiel and it uh, becomes very clear to us. And I think to Larry that this 
thought had not even occurred to Dan until this very moment and is now viewing his relationship with Jody in an entirely new way. Um, so yeah, so Larry is going to have fucked it up again. There's a lot, we've, Larry's done this several times already where he's like this, like sabotage relationships by saying something stupid. Yeah, that's really the premise of the show. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, but like specifically like relate like uh, romantic relationships. Like yeah. he ruins uh, his sister-in-law's. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I do love, he, he like, he gives this relationship four pretties and then immediately <laughs> Immediately destroys yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty, 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 pretty good relationship hat you have there. Shame if, uh, if I got involved. Yeah, I mean, he does kind of like in, in trying to be complimentary, like call yes, into question the entire essence of the relationship, yes. which is not what you should usually do to someone. But I would also say that if the relationship is this fragile, it, he he did him a favor because it was ending anyways at some point. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but he might have just scared him off. Maybe, you know, you get to, you know, deeper into a relationship. You, 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 you don't really think about that stuff anymore. Yeah. Anyway, who the hell knows? Mm. Well, well, we'll say Larry ruined it. I think that's fair. Um, okay, so the party continues. Uh, Larry's back at the table and he wants to go home, but Cheryl wants to stay for dessert. Uh, Larry's like, no, I need to go home. So you go to the bathroom and I don't want to go here because this is like a home base sort of project, i.e., you know, I'm going to be there for a good amount of time. I want to be comfortable. I totally resonate with Larry here. There's sometimes you want to be in your home base. Yeah, and I'm also going to like this. You do not leave an affair before dessert is served. Take by Susie and Cheryl and then later the funk man. That's a completely <laughs> insane take. Yeah, you have to be locked down. I mean, this is like saying you, you know you can't leave till benching in our world. Like, no, you you can leave. I mean, what percentage of people at the weddings you go to? What percentage of the people who are there for the ceremony are still there by dessert? It's under I mean, fifty it, for sure. It dwindles. I mean, and it just it all depends on your relationship with the person who's you know the wedding is. Or yeah, if you're it. if you're immediate family, if you're part if you're yeah. part of the wedding or, party, yeah, yeah. Or then, whatever, you know, other scenarios. Or you're when you're younger and whatever, you don't give a shit. But nothing yeah. else to do. Yeah. Yeah. But like now, like, yeah, unless it's like a really good friend. If, you, if you're even going, like you go, you stay for the ceremony, you stay for a little bit of the, you know, dancing, whatever, then you get the hell out of there. If you yeah. want, if it's, it's up to you whether to eat the main at this point. Like if you want it, you stay and eat it. If you're I'm, not, eating, you a main, carry, I'm like, eating the main course. No, if it's like yeah, a destination wedding, again, there's some circumstances where you stay. But like for an event yeah, like this, I don't think you have to stay until dessert served. Although if, yeah, if they haven't even done the toasts yet and you gave a toast at the wedding, eh, I think Larry might be a little risky by leaving at this point. Yeah, well, it also just like depends on what his actual relationship with Marty is now. Like, yeah. like you don't think like, oh, well, I gave a toast at his wedding 25 years ago. Like you think like, are we like best friends now? Well, Marty always famously calls Larry his best friend and Larry always denies it. But I guess that hasn't <laughs> happened yet on this show Yeah, that we've seen. I mean, the other thing, yeah. though, is you don't make an Irish exit. You have to say goodbye to like the main people, the hosts, right? So Larry has to go say bye to Mar- Marty so that Marty wouldn't have got up and say, hey, can Larry give a toast? So if Larry left um, without saying goodbye to Marty, that's that's a wrong thing to do. Right. And I guess by saying that he didn't say he didn't say goodbye um, means that he knew he was doing something wrong. Yeah. So I, I've actually reversed myself here. I mean, I, I think it's wrong. So you cannot leave an affair before dessert is served. But I, I do think it is correct to say you can't leave an affair without saying goodbye to the host. Or you can say. You, 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 you're aware that there is a rule that you're not allowed to leave before dessert and you think that that yeah. rule is unreasonable. And if I go to say bye to you now, I know you're going to get needlessly mad at me and it's going to be a thing. So what I'm hoping is you won't notice that I left early yeah. and there'll be no harm, no foul. I see. Because so that, that was what Larry did. Because I'm sparing you. Like, I don't want to like you're going to be pissed at me that I'm leaving early now because of this stupid rule that like, all you idiots have made up. So I'm just going to leave, and hopefully you're not going to, like, randomly call on me to give a toast without telling me. <laughs> yeah. 
and catch me. So, yeah. Um, I say one little line. They put my picture in the newspaper. Yeah. So Cheryl is like, no, this is ridiculous. She outs him to the whole table. He wa- he won't. He, re- he wants to go home so he could use the bathroom. Everyone's like, no, you're crazy. Just go here. Um, Larry says it's different for you. You're a Gentile. You could go in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not lose a single vote. <laughs> but me, I'm a Jew. I'm more particular. I can't shoot anyone anywhere. Or they'll put me in jail. Yeah. Um, I mean, Larry's a little gun shy about the, ba- the bathrooms he's using. From, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Susie's like, yeah, no, Larry, you can't leave dessert until dessert. Uh, Larry says it's made up. Uh, he's like, fine, I'll go to the bathroom here. Um, but there's a line. Um, he notes that the handicap stall, the handicap stall, or the disabled person stall, whichever is the correct nomenclature, is uh, open. He tries to head for that. Everyone's like, "Ah, uh, dude, what the hell? What are you doing?" Yeah, th- uh, this scene waiting. is completely unrealistic. By the way, you would not see that a bathroom is. with a line out the door like that and nobody using that stall. Right. So this is right. This is also a situation why would there be a line like that? They're not at a stadium at a concert. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, what would happen in a situation like this is the stall will get used. And if it happened to be that somebody came in that appeared to be disabled, like the person would be told to immediately finish up and let the disabled person use the disabled person's stall. But like, yeah, in the meantime, I think in many situations, that's exactly what would happen is that it would be used because it's not being used and there's a ton of people waiting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's okay. Uh, So, yeah, Larry heads to it. They're like, yeah, what the hell? Um, he's, he's pretends that he has a stutter, but everyone's like, who gives a shit? We don't care. You know, stutter is not disability. Uh, he's like, okay, fine. I'm lying. <laughs> he heads out. Uh, I like that. He owns it. That he doesn't even like, like stutter out of the, out of the place. He's like, all right, fine. You got me. Um, okay. So we're back home and Cheryl says she's leaving to go see Julie. I don't even know who that is. Um, it says, reminds Larry to take the dog out with him. Um, he gets a call from Omar, who's like, all right, I decided I was thinking about taking your case, but then I heard about this incident where you told a bunch of black people to keep it down at a party. Um, and Larry defends himself. He explains it was the waiter, yada, yada. Um, he's like, well, also, you owe me that key. Larry says, I'll return it to you. No problem. He says, fine. I'll think about the case. All right. Still thinking about it. Still yeah. ongoing decision. Um, Okay, so now we're uh, we're at a restaurant, and Larry's at a table. He's watching the dog, which is uh, tied up through the window, and it's barking at every single black person that passes yeah. by. Okay, so maybe. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it's probably not the gay. Thing, and okay, especially because this restaurant is filled with lesbians. <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, so it makes sense. There'll be a lot walking in the neighborhood then. Ah, like oh, maybe this is like a very uh, gay and and yeah. bi and lesbian. Okay, so l- let's uh, you know LGBT. Yeah. We, we just saw, you know, L.A. is such a small town that we just saw that Mackay Pfeiffer immediately knew what Larry had din, d- did with other African-Americans the day before, right? Yeah, we, well, it was in, on, the, the, it was on in, the message yeah. boards. In this scene here, we see that L.A. is such a small town that a room full of stranger lesbians all know who Larry is, right? And they're all looking at him approvingly throughout the scene. So in this context of where everybody talks to everybody, why would Larry try to fake a stutter not just in public, among strangers. There's a party where he knows a bunch of the people at the party. It's like right. an insanely crazy move. And then, right. even more crazy. Right. He's, not he like at the, he's not like at the museum. Like, yeah. he's right, right. I didn't even think of that. But, that. but then he immediately abandons the fake stutter in front of those very same people. Well, I said that. I said that it was yeah. funny that he owed it. Yeah. But it's just, but I mean, 
it's almost like well because these are his friends and so the fake stutter was like a joke but like but it wasn't he did try and get away with it so it really doesn't make any yeah, sense it's like the uh, it's, it's like the coup it's like yeah. oh well, well you know maybe michigan no we're kidding but no. really if you know if the guy would have said no to the certification then yeah maybe, oh yeah, but yeah no, sure no. well i mean everything trump says he claims is a joke when it when it, when it yeah. doesn't land it was, yeah. yeah oh bleach uh, no, that's a joke unless people start doing bleach have, and he's like yeah 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 we have a we have a mutual friend that often, uh, after many hours of arguing with him about something that he'll defend, he will then claim that he was obviously joking the entire time. <laughs> so um, the waitress offers Larry dessert around the house. Jeff asks for a cupcake, but she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> um, and they realize he's back in with the lesbians. And as you said, we see all the positive stares from the again. There's many lesbians in this restaurant. It's like all lesbians. Um. Marty, Marty passes by. He's like, oh, I guess, you know, he's walking by. He's like, oh, Larry, come see me. So Larry goes outside. He's like, what are yeah. you angry about? Hold on. Like, I, I love, by me? the way, as Larry walks outside, he mutters under his breath. How did he even know I was here? <laughs> Which is great because it's completely unexplained. But I love that the show acknowledges it, that it makes no sense why Marty knows he's there. But they're not going to tell us how. Yeah, makes no sense. Um. So uh, he's like, what the hell did you say to Dan? He's like, well, you know, I just said, oh, you know, I, how nice, yada, yada. And then eventually Larry admits, okay, I said like something about how she's back with a woman now. Um, and Marty's like, yep, that's what did it. And Larry realizes that this is why all the lesbians like him again. Because now, because Larry interfered and, and uh, cock-blocked uh, uh, Dan, um, She's uh, she's a lesbian again, so and it's the same as the lesbian. Jewish thing where he accidentally stopped the um, <laughs> right the conversion. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, it's very He'll much take the thing credit acts, when it works. right, and it's like very much they set it up as teams. Say it's a say yeah, it's a, it's a very similar story. Hmm. Um, uh, and Marty's additionally angry that you left before dessert. Uh, hmm. Larry says, "Well, I don't subscribe to that rule." And Marty's like, "Well, you know, we were trying to create the wedding night, and when I called upon you to make a toast, I I was told Larry went home to take a shit." <laughs> I mean, Marty's great. telling it how it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. I could see how that would be a damper on the party, but like the person who said it could have just said Larry went home. <laughs> that would have sufficed for the purpose in the context of uh, being asked in front of an entire party of people, whereas Larry, yeah. Uh, he had to go home to take a shit. Um, okay, so uh, Larry goes back to see Omar. He has served a lot of meetings before he could lock down to hiring this press, this uh, private eye. And again, he ties down Sheriff outside. He bumps into Rosie, and he's like, oh, did you hear about my uh, new status among the lesbians? And she's like, I heard. Everything is good now. I vouched for you at the meeting, and you're back on the team. And, uh, and, she's, and Jody's back on the team, so everything is good. Um, he's like, oh, by the way, we missed you at Marty Funkhauser's anniversary party. And she's like, what are you talking about? Um, oh, yeah. Like, how is it that she that he says she knows her? Through his daughter. He says, oh, Jody's oh, dad. Through his daughter. Yeah, that's what she says. Right, 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 right. Jody's dad. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Right. From from being lesbians. <laughs> yeah, from the lesbian meetings. <laughs> I mean, it seems like literally that's what the show is saying, actually. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's a joke, I think. Hmm. Uh, or not. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, we're uh, back at the uh, PI's office, and uh, Larry walks in, and he's in the middle of praying. And Larry's like, Ah, I was right. You are a Muslim. Um, 
and Larry goes on. He starts talking to him while he's praying, which is very rude. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, are, so is it really the case that black people are very sensitive about being told to keep the volume down? Because I know it's like a thing that they make a lot of music, a lot of noise at movies. Um, and so Omar's like, all right, I'm going to put away my rug because obviously this guy's just going to talk to me. Yeah. Uh, but Larry's like, oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. And Omar's like, it's okay. Mo- uh, Muslims are very forgiving people. And Larry's <laughs> like, oh, really? Is that so? Because, you know, I would say there's a lot of that are um, Meshuggah Muslims running around doing sorts of, all sorts of crazy things. Um, yeah. There's a lot of Meshuggah but- Muslims running around. Are there not? Which is, <laughs> this whole episode is really a testament to the fact that LD is uncancelable. Um, yeah, or you know, this was back then, and people were more uh, were less PC about certain. Yeah, well, but I mean, Larry's proving even in modern curve that he's uh, uncancelable, pretty much. I mean, he, he grew yeah. up a bunch of women in in the most recent, you know. Although he yeah, was just going for the for the hot dog. I don't think he would. I don't think he would would say this now. The the Muslim thing. May, I mean, it's almost like pre canceled Louis C.K. In that, I'm I'm not sure Larry would. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe. Let's ask him. <laughs> Larry, would you right, refer well. to Muslims as Meshuggah? <laughs> yeah. Um, right. He did do the fatwa thing. Yeah. Which, by the way, if, if you're concerned about Meshuggah Muslims, not a great move. <laughs> right. Yeah. They'll put a fatwa on you. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, um, yeah. So Omar is like, I will take your case. But at a higher rate. So I think he, this guy really was just shaking Larry down earlier. He just like wanted him like, oh, well, if you'll pay me some obscene amount, I'll do it. He's like, fine, I'll take your case for a higher pay. Yeah, although the, the correct answer is that anyone who is doing a service for Larry should always charge him a higher rate because it's going to yeah, be no, more involved. Fair yeah. enough. But like, why did you like hem and haw? Just like say, fine, I'll do it. But like, yeah. this is how much I want. Mm. Um, and Larry's going to be like, fine. Yeah, good. Like, you should have just said that. Like, yeah. I would have paid you more. Mm. Like instead of asking me to like like donate my time, just like say, oh, I'm d- double my rate, done. Yeah, don't care. Literally, the thing I care about the least. Except he does care, so whatever. He's weird. Um. Anyway, um, yeah, Larry's just really excited about the whole doctor thing. He just wants this to get done. Um. So Larry's about to return the key, but he realizes actually I need to go again, and he goes. Except he sees all the stalls are taken except for the handicap, and he decides to wait. Uh, but then he sees that the wheelchair guy is actually coming out of the regular stall and Larry chastises him for using the wrong toilet, uh, which obviously is ridiculous. Obviously, this guy is allowed to use the regular toilet, too. Yeah. Um, and he says, Although, well, if I- this guy can comfortably use that, probably he didn't need to be attacking Larry so mercilessly. Well, it could be that he's he's disabled and he would much, sake. much, much rather use the big toilet. But if he's like having an emergency, he'll like figure out a way to survive on the regular toilet. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's probably some people that wouldn't be able to, but maybe he's able-bodied enough that like, okay, like I could do it and I get an emergency, but like I really need the space because of like whatever my situation yeah. is. Perhaps. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Larry's completely the wrong here, um, in my opinion. Um so he uh larry says well first of all we don't like to be referred as normal we prefer able-bodied and he's like well i needed to go and larry says well then you wait you wait uh throw his line back at him uh larry goes out to untie sheriff and omar is coming to retrieve the bathroom and we got very dramatic music as he comes closer and like we're all expecting that um sheriff is gonna go nuts on omar but he comes in for the pet, and everyone is very happy, and it's great, and everything is great. 
Um, and then suddenly Rosie comes over, however, to see the dog and Sheriff goes crazy at her. And Rosie is very upset. And the episode ends, which is weird that like it made that turn. So like, yeah. So are we no led to believe that that there. Sheriff somehow transferred his bigotry against African-Americans to a bigotry against lesbians? Is that like the implication there? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I I I was very confused about what the what we're how we're supposed to understand the end of the episode. Yeah, really unless it's just random, and maybe it's supposed to be like, no, there was nothing against black people. It's just like he's a dog who like, and like if you have him for six months, you realize that he barks at all sorts of people. Yeah, I mean, this episode does not make a ton of sense. Mackay Pfeiffer's role is never really explained. Rosie's appearance makes even less sense. Like, it, what is she doing in L.A. if not for Funkman's party? They just completely randomly bump at each other on the street. The dog ending makes I mean, no sense. Nothing makes sense. Honestly, Rosie O'Donnell could be in L.A. for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, sure. But then but Larry never sees her ever except right after a party that she was supposed to be at. And then that's when he runs into her. Right? I don't know. Um, right. I would say nothing makes sense in this episode. There is something enjoyably risque about the way that Larry goes around offending gays and blacks and Muslims. But the episode overall, very weak, very disjointed. I'm going to say it's pretty, pretty good. Only one and a half pretties. The second worst episode we've seen so far. Wow. All right. So I'm, uh, I'm a quite a bit higher on it than you. Oh, okay. Um, I, don't, I don't love it. Um, but I think it's uh, I think it's fun. I, I agree with like a lot of your criticisms that there's just a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. But it's an episode that made me laugh a lot. Um, and I think the the stuff that it does with like the like the, that the, that the black people the get get lesbian people like literally all talk to each other and word gets around. I think yeah. is obviously just like a gross exaggeration of what it sometimes feels like. Like when you like if like if you're a type of person, well, we who live feels in like such making... a small community where everybody does like know everybody. So. Yeah, so there is stuff like that. Like there are yeah. communities like that where just like word but gets around very quickly. Is about a little bit smaller than African Americans in Los Angeles. Yes, of course, right? Of course, it's absurd. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's 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 knowing it's winkingly knowingly absurd. Like, yeah. um, but I think it's a very funny idea that it like it manifests in a funny way. Hmm. Um, I, and I think the idea of a racist dog is funny. Um, just like it doesn't make any sense unless it's picking it up from somewhere else. But like this, just you know, who the hell knows? Uh, it's just like a funny idea to me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, I think there was enough funny stuff in there, and Funkhauser's always great. Um, surprise by Bialik uh, performance, and I will give it a pretty, 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 pretty good uh, three and a half out of five. Mm. So I think it's a, I think it's a good solid episode. Mm, yeah, that's uh, higher than you had last week's episode. So. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, like last week's episode, I think, is like weird. Um, it was definitely like a setup, uh, but like it just like it wasn't that funny. Like I, I thought there was a lot of really good bits in this episode. Yeah, the bathroom stuff is funny, too. Yeah. All right, for Come With Guy, I guess I'll give it to Mackay Pfeiffer because, you know, he gave Larry a lot more than he deserves from the little he knows of him. So I'll give him credit for that. But yeah, I'm not very enamored with this episode. And so I don't have anybody that I think is that great. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, I was struggling to pick a come with guy. Um, and and I think I got to the same place as you, which is like, oh, I guess it's Omar. But like, that's not that like I'm not that into that pick. Um, and I was just like trying to think of like, oh, well, who else could it be? Um, and there, I agree. There is no one else that really stands out in this episode, which I, I agree is a knock on the episode. But. Um, so yeah, I'll agree with you there on him. 
the cub with guy. Right, who's your worst person? Um, I think the worst person here has to be Larry. I think this is one of those where he's just like so bad in so many different ways. Like he's like playing racial cards all over the place. He's getting into arguments with men in wheelchairs and in, in restrooms. He's pretending he's impersonating a disabled person in order to cut the line. He's breaking up relationships. He's angering everybody. I, I think this is one where he's, uh, he has to be the worst person. Yep. You know, Larry is, is kind of an accidental bigot. I would say in this episode right? he doesn't have bad intentions He's, you know, just he's an, an ignorant bigot, basically. But Sheriff is pretty damn explicit about it. Like, Sheriff yeah, is the worst fair. person to me. Yeah. Yeah. Worst, uh, not worst. Uh, yeah. What's the word? Worst, yeah. uh, not person. Worst, yeah. uh, but being? Sheriff doesn't even do the dog whistles. Sh- sheriff openly says, oh, you're a minority. I hate you. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> our first, uh, first uh, animal. Worst is person. that our first animal worst person? Probably. I think so. Probably. Um, you have to check back the records. Yeah, well, there's a there's a lot of records, so we'll, we'll check another time. We got a lot of celebrity cameos in this episode. We have Rosie O'Donnell yes. playing herself, Maya Bialik, and Mackay Pfeiffer playing characters. Yes, and uh, Maya Bialik portrayed the same character that will be later portrayed by Chaz Bono. That's mm. a fun piece of trivia. Indeed, that's like yes. a uh, it's like a Robert De Niro, Marlon Brando situation. Yeah, but a little more absurd. <laughs> Oh, you know, it's a different kind of show. Yeah. All right. Um, should we go to the mailbag? Uh, we sure can. The postman. Uh, say. The postman. 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 Come here. Tell the neighborhood. First email of the week is from a new writer, um, a fellow named William Blake, who wrote in, "Hey, Alex and Av, I'm Will, and I don't underestimate Bingo." This is one of my favorite episodes of the season. Larry takes on the conventions of gender, race, religion, ability, sexual orientation, and bow ties while housing a racist dog and capturing his status as the spokesman of the male caucus for the Lesbian Alliance. The episode has plenty of the Funkman and Wanda, both equally indignant. Sheriff, that's the perfect name for a racist dog. You got a clan dog looking at me like I'm damn T-Bone. Chef's kiss. Uh, yeah, we agree. We like that line a lot. Also, we need to keep it down for Tucker Carlson over here. Did not age well for Larry. Very much agreed. I give this episode 4.5 pretties out of 5. Uh, next up, Zach Brooks. He says, a classic episode where multiple different storylines all pull together at the end. That is true. I would say that about this episode, except the very end we, we did think makes sense. Um, or at least it's like not really explained. Um he says, they could have chosen so many better titles, though. I don't get the dog. It's just a shitty dog to rant the people. Yeah, I guess that's what we're saying. Like, is that like what we're supposed to conclude at the end? Like, we seem to get like a lot of evidence. Yeah, it could be that like <laughs> this dog is racist and also doesn't like Rosie O'Donnell. Like some sure. people are racist, like Donald yeah. Trump, like doesn't like black people. and also doesn't like Rosie yeah, O'Donnell. But it doesn't have to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Uh, he gives it four, four pretties out of five. 4.0. Yeah. So Zach, hi the episode. And then, of course, we go to Olin. He says, it's a little step up from last week. Nice to have another dog introduced. Seems to pack in a bit with the racist dog, lesbian hero, handicapped toilets, and overall bow tie discussion. Yeah, like there's a lot of like Seinfeldian Kerbis like discussion points in this episode. I think that's what uh what attracted me to it. Like Yeah, we get a like, pretty good. Like, we get a we get a stay. Yeah. So we get sort of yeah. all the and we, we get like all the these the like, best funk episode yet probably. 
Yeah. So it's like there's good. We get the, the pretty good. We get the stare. We okay. get like a few different like social etiquette arguments that have like some, you know, interesting angle to them. Um, yeah. Um, he says, I maybe felt a little too much empathy with Larry when he asked Cheryl if their marriage is over. I am one who always thinks something like that. My wife says something like, I need to ask you something. Um, and will Larry ever learn not to ask Wanda about what people of her race think? Slash do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree. We said we covered that. Yes. Uh, villain of the week. He says, with a heavy heart, I will go with Marty Funkhauser lying about Rosie O'Donnell, snitching about Larry to his daughter, and letting it out to the wider lesbian community. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, Larry's transgression is not like so bad that like the whole lesbian community needs to be notified immediately. Um, yeah. Nor is, even if you think it's wrong, nor is asking, can you keep it down so I can hear the waiter? Yeah, but I think that when, for the for the first one, it's sort of like Moses didn't get to go to the Holy Land for what seems like a relatively inoffensive crime. When you're revered the way Larry is, right, more is expected yes. of you in the gay community. Right, yes, he is in the revered in the lesbian community. Yeah, only the lesbians. The gays don't seem, although he got along very well with the, uh, with the uh, coordinator, with uh, the dance coordinator. What's the word for that? Uh, choreographer choreographer thank you obviously an expert i am in choreography um all right uh next week are we done with wait, mailbag? Wait, he, uh, oh, yeah sorry. one more uh, one more for a mailbag sorry uh finishing up for olin uh come with guy he agrees with us he also goes with omar the pi uh seems to be a rare person in seinfeld herb universe who is willing to give access to their private or workplace bathroom help larry and cheryl sorry and sheriff just senses he is a good guy uh, he gives the episode a four out of five as well. Four pretties. Mm. So the listeners, uh, even higher than me, Chester, right. I'm on an lower island. than the group. That's all good. Okay. Happens to all of us sometimes. All four Next, of us who, yeah. who listen to who do, do this podcast. <laughs> Next week, the Christ nail. Uh, Larry will uh, purchase a an undergarment for his housekeeper. And uh, his father-in-law's passion for the passion of the Christ will uh, come in very handy when Larry needs to... Uh, do some quick um, work on his house before his father arrives. I will say that if you want to like the Passion of the Christ, that's fine. But I feel like liking the Passion of the Christ when you're when you have a Jewish son-in-law, that's kind of a, a statement to your to your Jewish son-in-law, is it not? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. You have to you have to have the talk about you know, like you know, on the one hand, my daughter loves you very much. <laughs> on the other hand, your ancestors killed my Lord and Savior. Yeah. So, I would know, say it's, yeah. uh, the relationship yeah. that Larry has with his father-in-law is certainly not. Pretty, 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 pretty.